You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast. Welcome into the Patriot Nation podcast. Your boy, Pat Lane, as always, here with my guy, Matt St. Jean. And today, we have an incredibly special guest. Uh, you know, he's like a son of the program. Uh, it's my guy, Keegan Stiefel, from over at Nesson. We are so excited and lucky to have you back. Thank you for coming back, man. We appreciate it. The, this somehow feels familiar and just totally upgraded from when I was <laughs> hanging around these parts. Just the intro, I like a big ass smile on my face as soon as the intro. Started. I was like, wow, this is the production value is through the roof. Well, got, moving up in the world. Yeah, I'm working with a like a webcam inside the laptop. So not a great look for your boy, but I'm glad to talk some ball. We're getting there. We're getting there. Listen, we we love you for your looks and your knowledge, not your not your webcam. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. That sounds really inappropriate, but we're just gonna we're just gonna keep it moving. Uh, as always, this episode of the Patriot Nation, Patriot Nation podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, which is the exclusive wagering partner of CLNS Media Network. Download uh, download uh, FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash Boston. All right, let's get into this because Ezekiel Elliott is a Patriot, and Keegan. Uh, you, I mean, we're all excited about it, but I feel like you, as a Buckeyes fan, are even more excited about it. Yeah, I mean, we, like, right before we went live, we were talking about uh, my love. As, like, a 14-year-old kid, the first college football game I ever watched was uh, Ohio State versus Wisconsin. I believe it was 70-3. to So I, I didn't stand a chance. I was I was an Ohio State fan from that day. And Zeke Elliott was, like, the first guy that I was, like, that's our guy. You know, I was all aboard the Heisman train his, his junior year. Uh, his game against Alabama in the playoff in 2014 is, like, legendary. Um, yeah. So, like, I tweeted out, 14-year-old Keegan is thrilled. He loves this signing. He would have, if you told him back in the day, he would have lost his mind. 24-year-old Keegan's like, eh, nice, you know? Some, some goal line touches is nice. Yeah, yeah. No, listen, I mean, and I think that's the right way to feel about this. To me, it's not, you know, Zeke is fine. He's a good player. He's a role player for the Patriots. He's a guy that they needed a stable back, a reliable back behind Ramondre Stevenson. They couldn't give Ramondre Stevenson 300 carries again. They couldn't do it. He he fell apart at the end of the year. And so you needed a guy that could do that. Zeke is that guy, I believe. Um, to be able to do that. And, you know, and he's he's good at pass protection. He's very good at catching the ball to the backfield. I mean, what, before last year, he had had like four straight years of 50-plus catches. So, like, he, you know, he's a reliable receiver out of the backfield if you need him to be. He runs between – he had 12 rushing touchdowns last year, and I think, like, they said he had the highest conversion rate or one of the top three highest conversion rates in the league inside the five-yard line. So – He's a guy that can that can punch the ball in inside if you need him to. But again, you know, he's it's not like we're not getting Heisman Trophy finalist Ezekiel Elliott. We're, that's not what we're getting, and we're okay with that. And I think he understands that as well, and you can see that based on the contract he signed to come here, I think. 
and I think he's um, I think he's a little bit more he's on the field more consistently than Damian Harris was. Harris has kind of been banged up a little bit the last couple of seasons, and it's like, all right, you're going to the backup for Andre Stevenson is going to be a guy who can pass block really well, mm-hmm. doesn't put the ball on the ground that much, who you can rely on being there from a health perspective and. He's not going to be the highest upside guy, but you just know he's not really going to make any mistakes out there. And when you got a guy as explosive as Ramondre Stevenson as your top back, well, that's all you need from running back two. Yeah, do you guys remember Sammy Morris? Mm-hmm. Legend. Ooh, that's a good one. Who doesn't like? What in what world would a team not sign a guy that's going to give you? And these are like numbers off the top of my head. Let's say 675 yards and seven or eight touchdowns. You're going to take that every day of the week. And with the Patriots, a team that they don't have any money locked up into next year and they're not adding anything to next year. Like this year, they're going to fill up the cap just like they always do. But they don't have a ton of money locked up into next year. And this is just a throw him onto this roster. It's going to make this team better. And it's going to give them extra time to find a guy who's going to be a long-term option. Because Ramondre... And this isn't something that I think is going to happen, but I think there is the possibility of you're going to take carries away from him. You're going to take touches away from him. And as much as it makes sense from a football and a team standpoint, you don't want that. You don't want to run him into the ground. Like you said, Pat, I'm sure he's not going to be thrilled, you know, in week six when he's got two touchdowns and and Zeke has five, he's going to be like, what the hell, man? Um, Right. And that's not the biggest, that's not the end of the world. It's going to be a thing that they're going to have to get through, but he he's coming up on a contract year next year, and the two guys you drafted last year haven't shown a ton. Kevin Harris looked fine in, in the first preseason game. Pierre Strong hasn't shown much of anything other yeah. than he has the ability to be an explosive player, but he hasn't shown it. So there there are a lot of question marks outside of Ramondre, and I I'm Pat knows this. I'm a look ahead guy usually. I can't stop and smell the flowers, but if you do want to stop and smell the flowers. They've got a good running back room right now. They've, they've got a yeah. certified number one guy. They've got a really, really good backup. And then they've got a ton of options to fill those third and fourth roles. Like Ty Montgomery's been out for three weeks at this point. But when he's on the field, he's productive. And you've got a, a crack at it with a, three or four other guys. So you can't really ask for much more than that. Unless you're the, the Jets. Yeah. Like three number ones, four number ones. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're not no, good. We talk about Pierre Strong and his contributions to the team, too. I think the writing was on the wall for this a little bit when we were hearing all about how much special teams Pierre Strong was playing in camp. I feel like usually that happens when they like a guy's talent and they're trying to find a way for him to stick on the roster because they want him to stay long enough to try to develop him. Um, so that tells me they, they probably like some of what he brings, but also he's an athlete and you need good special teamers. And, that's probably like if we're looking at they keep three backs, let's say, or three backs plus Ty Montgomery and whatever you're going to say he is, it's strong and Kevin Harris for a spot. They cut Kevin Harris last year. Pierre Strong plays special teams. I kind of feel like Strong has the leg up right now. And right. kind of you combine the, the pass blocking of Ezekiel Elliott and the special teams of Pierre Strong. And in theory, you're replacing what Brendan Bolden gave you um, a couple of years ago, which is a, a reliable veteran presence in the running back room who can do a lot of things. So you're getting that same production you got a couple of years ago. You're just dividing it a little bit differently. 
Right. Also, before before I continue, Keegan, uh, old friend Dark Blue Gold is asking where your uh, where your little message board is, and also he pointed out correctly, I believe, that you're in a rocking chair right now. I am in a rocking chair. Badass. I won't stop rocking. I've so th- <laughs> I'm not at home right now. Uh, I'm settling in somewhere. I'm I'm on a location right now. Uh, but I sat in this rocking chair, and I'm not going to stop rocking all day. So I'm sorry for it. that. Uh, I love it. The message board is at home. I will take a picture of it and send it out for the for the world, just so you guys can see our our sweet boy. He's still alive. Yes, I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, and look, the this Zeke thing to me is is says more about Pierre, Pierre Strong than it does anything else. I think that you know people are like, well, why do you let Damian Harris walk? Well, you let Damian Harris walk. Number one, because he had a hard time staying healthy. But number two, because you drafted two running backs last year and you were hoping that one of those guys would step up enough that he could be the the RB2 behind Ramondre. And that just simply hasn't been the case, right? And so, you know, you had to go out and make a move and you sign the kid from the USFL, which everyone mocks. And then you say, all right, well, we're going to sign Zeke too. And we're going to sign him to, you know, a significantly less deal, uh, less expensive deal, I should say, than what Dalvin Cook gets with the Jets. And the Dalvin Cook deal was announced and maybe an hour after the Zeke yeah. thing. So you know that they were going on at the same time. You know that the Angels were talking to each other. And so, you know, Zeke was saying this, Cook was saying that. And they said, well, we're not paying you that, so we're going to give him this, you know? Now, here's a question for you guys. Um, I believe the last Patriots running back to rush for a thousand yards in consecutive seasons is still Curtis Martin. I checked. I'm pretty sure that's correct. I looked at that the other day. Mm. Does Ramondre Stevenson do it? Does he break that streak or is he going to fall short of thousand yard mark because you've got Zeke and a couple other backs in the stable? I think personally, I think they're going to have a lot more rushing yards as a team than they did last year. Uh, I mean, the, the offense was a disaster, right? And I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but Ramondre broke 1,000. Damian Harris, with the injuries, was probably in the 600s. Um, I think even if you do get the expected production out – and I could be way wrong on that. That's just me guessing. Uh, if you get the expected production out of Zeke, I still think you get over 1,000 yards from Ramondre. And I still think he's going to catch a ton of balls out of the backfield because even with all the weapons – We've watched the Patriots for however long we've watched them. They throw the ball to running backs. That's what they do. That's what they've always done. They did it with Cam, and that that offense was a complete total departure from what we've seen otherwise, and they did it with him. So that's that's a big thing that I don't think they've ever not done, um, and I expect them to do that. So it's that's going to the production thing for Ramondre, but I, I think he breaks 1,000 just because he's he can break a couple, you know, 60 70 yard runs on the season and pad his stats a little bit and he'll have a couple games where they feed him over and over and over again so yeah i mean i and uh dark Blue gold just pointed out damian harris had 462 just that's about gross. 500 that's but you know but again he was injured and so on and so forth if ramondre doesn't get injured if ramondre is not is healthy all year long and plays even only 16 of the 17 games i would be shocked if he didn't rush for a thousand yards shocked because he, as Keegan said, he's an explosive guy, so he can take off on long runs, but he's also consistent. And you know that the Patriots are going to run to set up the pass. They're going to do that. So you know they want to run. You know they want to establish the run. And so, you know, I feel pretty confident that Ramondre is going to run for 1,000 yards again this year. But again, 
you know, he could get hurt. Things could happen. But, you know, whether Zeke stays healthy or not, you know, I, that to me doesn't have any bearing on it. Like, yeah, Zeke will play, but he's not taking that many touches away from Ramondre that he can't get 65 yards. He can't average, you know, 70 yards a game. I also think, Keegan, you said you think Zeke is going to get some work in the passing game. I almost think it could be the opposite where he's going to be used so much as a blocker and Ramondre becomes your primary third down back because of this. And they, they can keep Ramondre's legs fresh to use him more in the passing game because he's so good there. Use use Zeke like he's LeGarrette Blunt or whatever and keep him out of the passing situations and let Ramondre be kind of a lead back and a third down back at the same time. Yeah. Ramondre is interesting because I feel like running backs aren't getting paid right now. And we know that running backs aren't getting paid right now. And running backs know that like everyone knows running backs aren't getting paid. But I think the difference is like a guy like Christian McCaffrey is going to get paid because he's more than just a running back. He's a running back, but he's also like a wide receiver. Ramondre has that skill set. I mean, he's lined up in the slot at times and just smoked fools off the line. And so like, I think that he has the ability to do that. I wonder if having Zeke will allow the Patriots to kind of open that up a little bit more. Will they come out with two backs with Zeke and Ramondre and all of a sudden Ramondre's in the slot right now? I mean, that's kind of crazy talk, but like, I don't know. What if, what if they were to do something like that? And, you know, could Ramondre be used in that way? And I think for him, you talk about monetizing and, and him being in a contract year next year, that's the way he's going to make his money. Cause yeah. Okay. Anyone can rush for a thousand yards. Anyone can, especially in a 17 game season, who cares? You know, like uh, we'll just find the next guy. And that's what every team seems to be doing at this point. But where the truly elite backs separate themselves is their ability to separate in the passing game. And that's why Bijan was so, you know, was so coveted this year because that he can do that. And so if Ramondre can show that he can do that consistently, that's good for his value moving forward. And I think that that's a situation where he would be okay you know, losing some snaps to Z, quote unquote, because now he kind of bumps out to that. And I do think in the grand scheme of things, and there will be certain situations where they'll bring a guy onto the field for a certain situation. Like you're going to want Ramondre on the field in a, a third and eight, right? He's your guy. He's going to give you a dump off. He's going to give you a chance to get the first down, stuff like that. But in the grand scheme of things, I think the approach they'll take early on is, you know, Ramondre is going to get the first series, Zeke will get the second. Ramondre will get the third series, Zeke will get the fourth. Stuff right. like that. I, I don't think yeah. they're going to be jump like running these guys on and off the field because, especially with Ramondre, we've seen it over the course of his career. It's only been a couple of years, but he is a rhythm back. If you t- if you take him on and off the field, it is it's not good for him. He he doesn't really get into the flow of flow of the game. His rookie year, when he finally started to kind of break his way into the lineup, and they were doing that, he was on and off the field. They tried him on third down stuff like that. He wasn't the same guy we saw when he was the guy last year. So I I don't think they're going to want to take him on and off the field uh, on a play-to-play basis. I think they'd rather do that on a series-to-series basis. And then you'll see, you know, if if it's his game, if the first half dictates, you know, he's had a better game than Zeke, he'll get most of carries in the second half, vice versa. That's just right. kind of the way I, I think they're going to do things. They're not going to – they don't care about these guys' value. The fact of the matter is, like, what, whoever's right. going to help them well, win a football game, that's who's going to get on the field. The val- and the value is a later thing, especially because they can't even extend Remindre at this point. That's next offseason. So that's 
that's future. I will say, um, looking at some of the the Zeke tape and how good he is as a pass blocker, one of the things I was thinking of, you go back to last Thursday night in the preseason game, and they had a lot of you know running backs chipping and tight ends chipping to help block with the tackles. I don't know if any of them looked very good at it. And it's like not saying Ezekiel Elliott replaces your tight end three, but if it's a passing situation and you want a sixth blocker in there to help out Mac, I think I'd rather have Zeke than like Matt Sokol. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a second down Fair. thing too. Like on third downs, I think in this offense, especially if you're not going to have two tight ends on the field, you need a guy who's going to catch the ball out of the backfield. You're not going to be wasting another receiver to, to be, you know, an extra blocker. But on a second down where you're trying to get three or four receivers on the field, that's when you leave Zeke in and you're you say, hey, you're chipping or you're staying in and you're giving Mac a little bit of extra time because they do have four capable receivers, maybe five, who knows, with Pop yeah. Douglas, maybe six with Booty, whoever. Now, Keegan, so, they don't have any depth at wide receiver. Sorry. I'm sorry. They don't have any depth at wide receiver. I will say this. It's a whole lot of twos and threes, which I'm fine with. Right. No number ones, but who cares? No. You have Mac Jones as your quarterback anyway, so it doesn't matter if your wide receivers are good. Yeah. <laughs> build build the whole good. offense out of, like, number two guys. <laughs> build yeah. the whole offense of out of running backs and tight ends. That's been my strategy since Cam was here, and I'm sticking to it. See, there you go. And you could put a running back at quarterback. Maybe Malik Cunningham could be your quarterback, and you could put a running back at quarterback. Don't get you know? <laughs> So, all right. Well, uh, all right, question before we move on, because we're going to move on to other things. There's been a lot of discussion. The Jets signed Dalvin Cook. There's been a lot of discussion about their offense is so great and they're going to blah, 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 and so on and so forth. Let's say, let's just say FanDuel, and I don't believe the I don't believe the lines are up, so I'm just going to make it up. I'm just making it up. Let's just let's just say that FanDuel has them at plus 300 to win the division. Now, let's say plus 500 to win the division. How much money are you putting on that? Patriots? No, the Jets. Oh, the Jets? I'm not putting, I'm never putting any money on the Jets. Matt, I'm not asking you, sir. I know you're not putting money in the Jets, and neither am I, but I'm asking if Keegan. <laughs> so as somebody who doesn't really have any skin in the game, uh, I think the Jets, the the variation of how good and bad they can be is absurd. Like, yeah. I think whatever this little calf issue that Aaron Rodgers has, that could go south week one, and they could go, like, three and 14. Or right. he could be perfectly healthy. Garrett Wilson's a stud. They've got three really good running backs. The offensive line could play above their level, and they could go fourteen and three. Yeah. So I yeah. so as a guy who gives gambling advice for a living, don't bet on that team. That's the dumbest <laughs> thing you can do in the world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you're betting on a team who has that big of a variation of whether they could be good or bad, then you're not a responsible gambler, and we don't promote that. I agree. I but like if it. I did have to put money on it. I'm like ten bucks. Don't okay. try to get rich off this Jets team. There it's you go. Not going to happen. I love it. The I Jets right. It. The Jets right now on DraftKings, they're plus two fifteen. Oh, sorry. The plus they're plus two seventy for first, two fifteen for second, two fifty for third, and then three fifty for fourth. If you're looking for the FanDuel AFC East odds, Buffalo plus one twenty, New York plus two fifty, Miami plus two ninety, New England plus eight hundred. Hey, plus 800. My Tough goodness. look for the boys and, and Red and Hey, man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you they're not finishing in last place. They're not. They're not. I I agree. No. I think Miami is going to be very disappointing this year. 
Yeah. Just so me. we'll see. All right. Listen, I, we got to have. I'd a, say the Jets oh, would ahead, be disappointing, ahead. but my expectations aren't high. So the Jets are the Jets. I mean, until the Jets are actually good, I'm never going to believe that the Jets are good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so, that's my approach to it. Yeah, that's the way it goes. So. All right, listen, we're gonna do we're gonna go to a word from our sponsors. But when we come back, we're gonna talk about guys we want to look at for the for the um for the second preseason game in Green Bay. Uh some some lot of Patriots media members out in Green Bay. Amazing trip last year. If you haven't been to Green Bay, get to Green Bay. It's incredible. Um, we're gonna be talking, we're gonna be doing our trivia question again. And um we're also gonna be hitting on a few other little things as well. So stick around and uh and we will be back. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Restrictions apply. Max bonus $50 unless specified otherwise. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Right, we're back. We're getting some, I want to get into some offensive line stuff. Keegan, week two, right? Now, obviously, for me, you talking about two practices against the Packers. And I feel like that's going to be kind of where they're going to primarily use the starters versus the starters. I don't think you'll see a ton of guys play Saturday night. Maybe you will, but I think that that's where you can set up situations and you can set up, okay, Hey, it's second and long at midfield go, you know, and, and we can kind of see what happens from there and so on and so forth. So just, uh, just out of curiosity here, who are you looking for? at offensive line, you know, because we all know, we all saw what the offensive line looked like last week. It was an absolute travesty. And we know that none of the starters are out and blah, 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 and everything else. But that's the major point of concern for everyone. So are there guys that you have your eye on this week that you're really hoping they take and take a step forward? I think it's kind of anybody in that right tackle conversation. Um, And we've seen a ton of guys over the last couple of weeks rep there. Um, Riley Reef. McDermott, City So, guys like that where they're it's really anybody's job to win. And I Riley Reef probably just because he's a veteran has the inside track on that. Um, but I think out of any of the guys repping at right tackle, somebody's gonna have to take a step forward and take hold of that job because if they don't, it could be gross uh come yeah. week one. And you know, the Calvin Anderson thing, no one really knows what's going on with that. So that that was kind of the guy I think that they thought was going to be their week one starter yep he hasn't practiced yet so even if he comes back tomorrow and he starts playing i don't think he's going to be their week one starter because he's he's far behind he's not even at camp um 
Yeah, what ha- does it? Is there any word about what happened? No, uh, is he on PUP? I believe he's on. He's PUP. on the NFI. NFI. Yeah, so illness. Yeah. Right. So it could be anything, and right. teams usually don't disclose that. And this isn't me saying that it is a a big, you know, illness or whatever. But if you remember uh, Garcia, Antonio Garcia, four or right. five years ago, went on NFI, and no one knew what happened till after the season. Yeah. So yeah, where he had the blood like clot in his happened. lungs, right? Yeah, yeah, stuff like that happens. So you you really don't have any idea with him. Um, but going back to the question of who I who I'm looking for, just anybody to take a step forward at right tackle, and you've got a great team to do that against because they've at practices they've got guys who can rush the passer, and yeah. you know the Patriots are going to get a good look at what uh, what another team is going to kind of try to do to attack those guys. Yeah. And you go back to last season, the Packers had four sacks against New England. That was the second most they had in a game all year. They had five against the Rams, four against New England, no more than three against any other team. So this is a group that Pat struggled with, and to be able to go back against it and kind of evaluate against yourself and what you did last year I think will be good for the coaches to just know where they are in the process and if they've improved. Uh, I, was also, I was intrigued to see – this week um, in practice that they had Riley Reef at right guard, City So at right tackle, especially because yeah. Awenu's status is still up in the air here, but we have no timeline as of right now. I feel feel pretty good about the left side of the line if it's Andrew, Strange, and Brown. When they're all healthy and it seems like they're working their way back, that's a, that's a pretty good group. But the right side is such a question mark right now. And I kind of thought Riley Reef was going to be the the week one starter based on what we saw last Thursday. You know, he doesn't play at all. And Connor McDermott's out there switching between left and right tackle. That tells me Reese probably ahead on the depth chart. But then to come out and have him at guard with so at tackle, I think is very interesting. And, you know, getting to being able to get in pads and hit people who you aren't familiar with is also going to tell you a lot about um, how old Reef is, how much he has left in the tank, and how much your young players can learn and how ready they are to go against NFL players. Yeah. And look, I mean, the Patriots offensive line is a problem and we, we understand that and we know that. And I think that, you know, you look at it and say, all right, what could they have done differently? Well, they drafted Cole Strange in the first round last year. They drafted a guard in the first round last year. Now you could say, oh, well, it's because they traded this guy or got rid of that guy or whatever the case. They drafted a guard in the first round. They drafted three offensive linemen this year. So, like, I don't – they signed two offensive linemen this year. Now, maybe you didn't love the guys that they signed, but who else was out there for them to sign? Did you want them to spend a ton of money on, you know, Jawan Taylor, who, like, I don't know. He's fine, I guess, but I don't love Jawan Taylor. So, like, are they going to go out there and spend a ton of money on one of those guys, or are they going to try to patch, you know, patch it together and kind of see what they have? And, I listen, I understand passing on – a tackle and this it went back to tight end. So, and I, I guess I'll get, I'll, I'll do it both. I'll do them both at the same time, but tackle and tight end were the two positions that everyone was like, you got to hit on a, a tackle and tight end this year. Well, where are you going to take those guys? Because you want to switch out Jake Andrews, to someone else, hundred percent. I'm totally fine with that. You, you take a look at who was drafted after Jake Andrews. And you tell me what tight end you would have wanted to draft at one Oh seven. Because zero of those guys are on my list. Not one. Not one guy yeah. is on my list. And so, you know, Luke Shoemaker loved Luke Shoemaker. He went 58. You would have had to draft him in Keon White spot. Do you want Keon White or Luke Shoemaker? Like, come on, man. Like, th- these are things that, you know, like, we can make those arguments. And listen, I can. we can talk about tackle. 
and I like Dewan Jones, and I would have liked maybe him in that situation instead, and so maybe you can swap some of those guys out. But at the end of the day, it's like the guys that you liked, they were gone, right? They were gone. And so, you know, yeah, sure, they could have done some things differently, but the first three picks look like they're going to be really good players, like not yeah. in three years, like now, today. So to me, it's it's one of those things for me that I just look at and say like, man, yeah, we can second guess them, but like, where was the move, right? Where was the move that you wanted them to make? And I think, you know, Keegan, you talked about looking forward, right? And we look forward to not just 2023, but 2024. And we look at no tight ends under contract in 2024. We look at, you know, what Trent Brown's not under contract in 2024. Riley Reef and Calvin Anderson aren't under contract. Well, Calvin Anderson signed a two year deal, did he not? I think Anderson signed a two year deal. So I think Anderson's on a contract. Reef isn't. So you have City So. I thought Reef was a I thought Reef was a two-year deal. I could be oh, wrong. So maybe you're right. So maybe Reef was a two-year and now, but either way, <laughs> your depth is very, very limited at those positions going into next year. And so it was you know it was those one things year for Reef. Okay. All right. So but he, so there you go. So your your depth is extremely limited at those positions going into next year. And I get that. And that's a, that's a, a valid second guess and a valid concern. But then the question becomes, who did you want them to get? Right? Like who was out there that they could have gotten, you know, and, and that's what you have to come back to. I think like, there's an easy, between... good. I was just quick to the tight end thing. I think there's an easy way to look at the tight ends where they took big swings in a bunch of different ways, trying to fix this tight end problem. They drafted two guys in the third round disastrous picks you know yep Asiasi couldn't stay healthy though I guess Dalton Keene couldn't stay healthy either but he wasn't he's not really an NFL tight end he's a fullback more than anything as, as we're seeing now um you signed Smith and Henry and as what people like Hunter Henry for the money that they gave him he gave them a year of production and then a bunch of swill last year Johnny Smith didn't give them anything so they're taking all these big swings and it's not working out so it makes sense for them to say, let's take a step back and we're going to go and target a guy on a one-year deal for much less than what – I mean, he got the, the franchise tag last year, which is however much it is for a tight end. He right. signs like a relative met veteran minimum contract with the Patriots. So they're maximizing value at a position that has not a ton of value. And maybe the Patriots value tight end more than other teams because they use multiple and it's such a big part of their offense. But why are you going to – put all of these assets into these tight ends and not get the return on investment. It doesn't make any sense to continue to try to do that when it hasn't worked for you in the past. Uh, fall back into the Patriot way of thinking of we're going to get a guy for good value and we're going to turn him into whatever we can and then let him walk and sign a big contract with whoever next year. And I think they'll continue to do that. They, I mean, they'll, they're going to draft a guy. There's a guy called Brock Bowers. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's another one of these generational tight ends. Yeah. Um, and, and I still believe a guy like Kyle Pitts, if he had not me throwing the football to him, he'd be a solid football player, but he doesn't. He's got maybe bombs. Desmond Ritter, maybe Desmond Ritter is the answer. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's just a fact, like it's, it's a matter of maximizing value at a position that doesn't have a ton of value in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's one, it's also one of those spots. The thing that's tough is that if you get a really good tight end, that's one of the best values you can get out there. Like Travis Kelsey produces like a wide receiver one, for a relatively cheap contract, essentially. But there's like two, three guys like that in the league and then a drop-off. And it's, tight end is so tough to evaluate because guys take two or three years in the league to adjust. And 
-hmm. You only got so many draft picks every year and you got 53 roster spots to fill. You can't, in an ideal world, you're going to sit back there and say, we're just going to take every draft. We're going to take one player at every single position and then we'll, then we'll always be fine because we'll take enough throws. That's just not, that's not the way it works. So, yeah. Um, Pat's heard me go on this rant before about tight ends. Guys get to the NFL and they don't know how to play the position because tight ends don't exist in college football. You have big wide receivers. That's just the way it is now. So guys get to the league and they have to learn how to play the position. And like you said, Matt takes two to three years to adjust. And you know, how do I, how do I play leverage against zone defense? These guys don't know how to do that. They're, they outrun small linebackers from big 10 schools and they get drafted high and then they have to learn how to play football. So that's, like I said earlier, yeah. it's just what the position is these days. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's a better bet on money to go for veterans because you already know they can play at the NFL level, even if it is more expensive. It's an overpay on a tight end in the NFL is still probably less money than you're paying for like your wide receiver too. So even if you mess it up, it doesn't cripple you. Like for as bad as the John New Smith deal was, they they you know traded him away, got a pick back, and got some of that money away. And it's like you you, you sign any other big position and whiff on a deal that badly, and it could totally cripple you because the amount of money you're putting into it. Yeah, no, it's, it's totally true. You know, what's interesting to me um, is like what you see. You know what you see with these guys, and, and Justin Woods in the in the in the chat actually just said it. Most of your elite tight ends are not drafted high, which is true. Like it's about finding that guy who can transition into the position in the NFL. And that is coaching and that is scheme. And that sometimes is just simply luck, you know, like yeah. you just luck into it. Um, who's yeah. the kid from Tennessee that, that was like pretty good last year, right? He, well, how late of a pick was he? He wasn't early. He wasn't early round pick, right? The tight end. Uh, the rookie. I, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, he, he was, he was an like early a third round pick. pick. Yeah. So pick. maybe, so not like terribly low, but still, you know, it's just like uh, Kelsey was a fourth round. I think, third or fourth round pick, you know, Kittle was a fifth round pick, so on and so forth, you know? So it just, it's, it's one of those things. So, um, but nevertheless, nevertheless. So I I think, I know we got off on a, on a, on a tight end tangent when we were talking about the offensive line, but is a tight end's an extension of the offensive line in in some respects. Um, yeah. So, uh, Chigo Okonkwo was a fourth round pick. Ah, thank you. Fourth round pick. Yeah. So, so there you go. Um, yeah, I, you know, is there any other battles you're looking forward to this week, right? In training camp, in now you're not in you said you're on location. Are you in Green Bay right now? Oh no, 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 no. Oh, okay. All right. I'm in on on location. All right. I yeah, assume no, I'm on not. a different location than my home. Uh, okay. All right. No. I I've got I'll I'll give you a couple of Patriots ones. I actually have a, a Packers one for the folks at home because the Packers cornerbacks, like that entire group, filthy. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. They're yeah. they're legit. Um, but in ter- if we're talking, you know, camp battles for the Patriots, I mean wide receiver, just because if Pop Douglas continues to just be their most productive receiver during camp, they're gonna have no choice but to keep him. And they have no choice but to keep Tyquan Thornton and Devontae Parker and Juju Smith Schuster. So those are four guys that they've got kind of no choice but to keep. So do you cut Kendrick Bourne and try to keep another cheaper guy? Do you keep Kendrick Bourne and then risk losing on Keishon Bouti, who has seemed to come along over the past week or so? 
Uh, he didn't do much in the game, but no one did because they couldn't, they had no time to throw the football. Um, so, so that one's interesting to me just because the dynamic of the fact they, they have to keep three guys. If Pop Douglas keeps doing it, that makes four. And then there's a real competition for that fifth wide receiver spot with a veteran and a rookie. Um, and, th- and that's really interesting to me because I think we all like Kendrick Bourne. And he's the kind of guy that you want on the team. But he's up after this year. And if you cut Kayshawn Bouti and he goes and signs somewhere else, now you're losing out on two guys when you could have a guy under contract for the next four years. So th- right. there's, a, there's a roster construction element to that battle not so much just who's the better player right this second that's a great point i think it's a great point and, and i i wonder if booty is a guy or Boute is a guy that that ends up on the ir you know that gets that gets hurt in week three of of the preseason and uh, you know ends up on the ir and, and i just i yeah. wonder you know or or and someone you know mass football guy says it like do they carry six wideouts? Do they do? I mean, Belichick, I don't think has ever done that, but they could do that and and bring six wideouts into into the um, you know, into the fold. I, I just I, I wonder if they if they decide that. But if you really want, you know, if you really want Bourne and you think he's important, but you also don't want to lose booty, then you do it. Yeah, and they, I mean, they can do the whole carry six wide receivers for 10 minutes, then put right. one on IR. He's uh-huh. out for, I, it's only six weeks now, four weeks, eight weeks. I think six six weeks, weeks is the minimum. Right. They, they I thought it was four. It, it no, was it four, four for I'm COVID, but the they might've bumped it to six. Whatever it is, it's not eight like yeah. it used to be. And it's not the full season. Yeah. So they could do that, you know, sneak a special teamer through waivers, pull him back onto the roster, like a, a guy like Amir Speed or whoever it might be. They keep cutting special teamers, so maybe this is a whole new team that we don't know about because they keep yeah. just cutting yeah. these guys loose. I, just, I was convinced Jordan Healig was going to be Matthew Slater. They cut him after a week and a half. So I, yeah. I had a I had a 53-man roster projection go up right after the game or on Friday, and I had Demarcus Mitchell and Jordan Heilig on it. Yeah. Just kind of I've, – and I've had them as roster locks on some ways for a while, just thinking, all right, I mean, it's going to happen, uh, which right. I did. I mean, you draft – you draft Keon White, and then in some ways that makes like the Marcus Mitchell expendable. Like you're not, you're just not going to keep that many bodies at a similar spot. Uh, and like, yeah, you can throw White out there on special teams. Like with a body like his, throw him out there, he'll wreck some guys. Like I'd rather have that than Demarcus Mitchell. And Mitchell, Mitchell was weirdly like, I think his biggest contribution. He was on kick kickoff and kickoff return teams, but his biggest contribution was on the punt team. And I would yeah. much rather have a guy like Amir Speed who runs a four four two forty. Right. out there than Demarcus Mitchell and Amir Speed or Isaiah Bolden or whoever those guys are, they're going to give you something on the back end of the defense because we see it every year. We saw it in the playoffs yep. two years ago. Those guys get injured. At some point, you're going to need an extra one. We saw it in the freaking Super Bowl in 2014. Somebody has a bad game, and you're going to need – you need extra bodies in the, on the back end. And like you were saying, I'd much rather have a guy like Amir Speed or Isaiah Bolden than Demarcus Mitchell because they're going to give you value at multiple spots. Right. So I, I, just, I think it does I think make sense. Cut the big bodies, get these skinny guys in here, and let them run around a little bit. I, I think I, I wouldn't have been shocked to see them get cut at the the cut down point. I think it was shocking to see them get cut this early in the process because it's like, and it, we'll still see what happens. But like Heilig and Demarcus Mitchell were guys to me where it's like if they're not on the fifty three, probably you probably stick them on the practice squad. Like 
nobody's, especially Highly, nobody's really competing with you for Jordan Highly. You, if you like him, you can put him wherever you want. The fact that he went this early is like, hmm, maybe, uh, maybe he just wasn't wasn't as good as they thought he was going to be, and and right. that's it. And there are also situations where they might know he's not going to make the roster no matter what. It's not worth throwing a practice squad or a special teams guy on the practice squad. That doesn't do anything for you. So you cut him loose, you give him more of a chance to catch on with somebody else. That That's a, a maybe a backroom kind of idea of the an agent will tell a team, you know, if he's not going to make the roster, cut him, let him go try somewhere else. Don't waste our time. So right. That happens all the time. And he, and he was a guy who was, he was a high-priced UDFA. They gave him a solid chunk of change, so that, that could have been it as well. Yeah, it's you know, and that's fascinating to me. I am I am curious to see what it looks like. I wonder how much the kickoff rules have impacted those things, and I also just wonder too. I mean, you mentioned speed and Bolden. Speed's a guy that played five hundred special team snaps in college, like five hundred. So to me, you know, he's a guy that you can keep to play special teams, and as you said, he can do other things. Pierre Strong is a guy that plays special teams and can contribute elsewhere. Isaiah Bolden's a guy that plays special teams and can contribute elsewhere. And so that that's the stuff for me where it's like you look at it and say, hey, you know, it's not just the fact that this guy can play special teams, but it's that when the offense or the defense is on the field, there's a chance that this guy plays. You know, you can't have Matthew Slater and Brandon Schooler and Cody Davis and, you know, DeMarcus Mitchell – and Jordan Healy, now, now you're at the five guys that only play special teams and don't contribute anywhere else. And, like, forget about don't, like, will never contribute anywhere else. You know, so, like, that's the hard part where you look at it and say, you know, do these guys make sense? And so I think that we're seeing kind of the revolution of that happen. And the Patriots saw that, and that's why they drafted these two guys, I think. That's why they drafted these two guys late in the sixth round. We're also forgetting about Chris Board, who they gave a lot of money to, who is a special team. Good point. And- that's like and another he's a guy name. who's guaranteed to be on this roster for two more for two years. Yes. Yeah. And Cody Davis is on the pup list right now, but if and when he gets healthy, he's another guy who like he's gonna figure into that. I think Amir Speed is a guy who could really make him expendable, but uh, he's another guy who has, you know, in theory he can play defense if you need him to. Um he's a good special teamer, he's under contract, so right. it's uh right. he and especially uh, he's he's Probably just better than high leg, and it's like, all right, well, they saw enough to know that if if Davis is healthy, we're keeping Davis over high leg, and that's that's how it goes. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, there was something someone asked about. Oh, all right, we didn't. Have, we haven't talked to you, Keegan. We we did an instant reaction after the show. We haven't talked to you. Have you? Do you have Malik fever? Uh, I saw, so I saw somebody (laughs) said the undrafted free agent streak is over. Yeah. I disagree. Not because I think Millie Cunningham's going to be the starting quarterback. I don't think there's any way they let him off the roster. Just just with how dynamic of a a football player he is. And we, we've heard the stories of Belichick talking to Edelman on draft night saying, I don't know what position you play, but you're a football player. So, you know, come here and we'll figure out what to do with you. I don't think Millie Cunningham's going to be the next great slot receiver in New England. I don't think he's going to be playing DB in week four. Right. Um, I do think he is worth keeping as a third quarterback on the 53-man roster. You get an extra active game day roster spot with him. Mm-hmm. If you keep him active, you get an extra spot, and then you can use him in multiple ways. I think there's a world 
in which we see him as a package quarterback on the goal line. Uh, you have him, Ramondre, and Zeke Elliott on the goal line. You're never going to not score a touchdown with those three. You're going to find a way. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think he's like QB two. I don't think he's QB one. I think he's just a good football player that they're going to want on the team, and they're not going to risk losing. So I, d- I do think he makes the initial fifty-three. Whatever happens from there, I have no idea. Yeah. And I, I'm I agree. I think he makes the initial 53 it's assuming that you know he gets enough looks here the next couple of weeks that I, he looked great last thursday against guys who are not going to be earning nfl paychecks for too much longer here let's see him against guys who at least are going to be hanging around at the bottom of rosters and see if he can just look the, about the same yeah but there's value in keeping him in the system through week one because you play jalen hurts and that being said, in practice, we got a guy who's athletic and can run a bunch of the stuff and can give our defense a look ahead at what we're going to be seeing um, on, on opening afternoon there in Gillette Stadium. And I think that's enough to probably keep him in the system. And if, if he looks as good in the preseason uh, against Green Bay or against Tennessee as he did the last game and against better players, it also might be hard to sneak him through to the practice squad if that's something you wanted to do. And that's... You've yeah. already lost that. Sorry to cut you off, Pat. You've you've lost the sneaking him through already, and that's just the like the throw he made to your boy that that Trey Nixon dropped. That's a throw that like Mac Jones can't make that throw on the run to his right to th- float it in over. It's he's never made it before. I know people like Mac Jones, and I'm not saying that he's a better quarterback because he can make that throw, but like talent wise, he has the talent to be right. something, and we've seen. Malik or uh, yeah, Malik Willis got drafted. However, freaking high he got drafted. Yeah, third there, round, there's, right? There's guys that get drafted off the arm talent and stuff like that alone. Anthony Richardson played like eight games in college and he got drafted fifth overall. So, <laughs> and he's gonna be starting week one. He's starting week one. So, athletically and, and arm talent and all, and all the cool buzzwords, he's got it. Some bum team's gonna pick him up and try to figure it out with him. So, uh, like I you lost that. That's that's yeah. gone. No, I agree with you. And that's I mean that's a throw that I would say maybe not the majority of the league, but a good portion of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL can't make that throw. On the run, dime like that, right. you know, in traffic. It's a tough throw. Now again, then the question becomes, well, for him to for him to actually be good, he's going to have to be able to be in the pocket and read defense. And the question right. is, can he do that? And we don't know. Right. I mean, I think the Patriots are really not thinking that he can because they weren't even going to try him out at quarterback until they put him in there, you know, right at the end, of, right at the end of that game. So it's uh, it's one of those it's one of those things. And I, the chat's blowing up about Trey Nixon, man. My like the the dream is over. The dream is over. I love Trey Nixon so much. Uh, he's like, I love him. I have I might be the only person in the world outside of Trey Nixon that has a signed autograph, an autographed rookie card by Trey Nixon. And not only do I have one, I didn't like pull it out of a pack. I, I purchased it online and, and got it delivered to my house because I love Trey Nixon. Uh, and it just, is not going to work out, unfortunately. And you know, it's, it's sad. It's sad. And, uh, and it's hard to let go, but I'm going to have to after, uh, after that performance on, on Thursday night. Now, if this is also a huge opportunity for Malik Cunningham this week with joint practices because you can let him work in a practice environment against Mm -hmm. a full-speed NFL defense and see how he looks. Because if you throw him out there and he's trying to replicate the great throw he made and 
every time he tries it, he can't make it happen again, or he's throwing picks left and right, or his speed can't compete with NFL ones, then you know, okay, yeah, this isn't, we, we, it was a, it was a nice flash in the pan, but this isn't the direction we want to go. And if he looks good, you can say, yeah, we're just, he's quarterback four. We're going to rest him the rest of the preseason. That way NFL teams don't know uh, what it is that you have. If he actually does seem like a, you know, a legit quarterback too. I do think with him, the tough part is, and he's got like the size issues. He's like six foot. He's not, he's not, he doesn't have the size of an NFL quarterback. Um, he played in an offense that didn't really show what, you need to see out of a guy that you're going to draft high to be an NFL quarterback. But also you can't replicate the things he does in a practice environment because he's not being hit in a practice environment. So there is no, let me break a play down, (laughs) escape and cut half the field off and then make an easy throw. Like I think that the one for one example is Lamar Jackson, not because he is that player, but he comes from the same program Mm -hmm. and everybody thought he, Lamar Jackson doesn't know how to read a defense you can't just be a running back. You can't be a good athlete and play. But we saw Lamar Jackson can break a play down to its very base level and make all of those throws and make them look routine. And that's something that an athletic quarterback can do, but you, you don't know until you see it in a game environment. And that, right. like we were saying, that's, that's why you saw week one of the preseason. And I, I want to reiterate, he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not going to win the MVP. But same play style in terms of you don't know what you have until you see it on the field. So they're going to have to see it a couple more times if they really, really want to find out whether or not he's going to continue to play quarterback or if they're going to try him out somewhere else. Yeah. He has many missed. Yeah. He forced as many missed tackles as the Patriots running backs did Thursday night. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, he was electric, but again, he was playing against, you know, guys that aren't going to play in the league. So, so then, so that's the counter is you say, well, yeah, fine, but he was playing against bums, right? And, you know, so let's see what happens if you throw him in. And you mentioned, I mean, the, the corners, the secondary in, in Green Bay is really good and they're really fast and they're like one of the best in, in the entire league. And so if you, you know, when we saw him, what Cadillac was saying that he got significant snaps at quarterback right? He took some snaps with the first unit. Do they put him out there against the first unit in Green Bay and say, okay, figure it out, kid. Hey, we got a few plays for you. We got a little package and and go figure it out, you know? And so, and so I think that that's one of the things where you can look at that and say, okay, well, what do we have? Let's just, let's evaluate it. We don't know, right? I mean, it's in a practice and they're not hitting and everything like that, but still let's just see what happens, you know? And, um, and you can kind of see, you can kind of see where that goes. And so I don't know, for sure, if he can do it, but I do agree. Like, you can't let him walk because what if he actually is that guy, and then you let him walk for nothing? You 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 can't do that. So, uh, Keegan, we uh, wanted to. Oh, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. There's we were talking matchups we want to look at this week, and there's one I was surprised we hadn't mentioned yet, and that's a little Christian on Christian accent action. Gonzalez against Watson. Christian Watson's one of the kind of the, the breakout candidates for next year and everybody is super hyped on what he can do in year two. And I think it's a really, he's the type of receiver in some ways that you're drafting Christian Gonzalez to just stop like with his, his deep speed and ability to line up in a lot of different places. And he's also, he can be physical. He can be very good after the catch. I think this is a really good test for, um, 
Christian Gonzalez, and he might be the best receiver that Gonzalez is going to see here in the preseason, depending on how much DeAndre Hopkins action that we see next week. DeAndre Hopkins doesn't practice, sir. He's, he won't be. He will not be able to. Yeah, um, but yeah, this might be. This is in some ways the first real test. I don't think Nico Collins counts as the first real test of Christian Gonzalez. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of they have a lot of like big bodied guys too. So I think that goes to your point of a bigger receiver, faster guy. Romeo Dubs and Pat knows this. I was dead wrong about Romeo Dubs. He's like a solid NFL receiver. Yeah. I think he's gonna be pretty I thought he was gonna be the worst player on the planet. He looked so clunky and gross at Nevada. And then he just turned out <laughs> to be just like a fluid, solid playmaker. But you know, him, Christian Watson, two bigger guys. Uh they've got a couple other younger guys who at the very least, are bigger-bodied guys, and and that's what you draft with Christian Gonzalez to to stop because you have a bunch of five foot seven through five foot ten corners, right? Um, so I'm I'm also interested in seeing that matchup. I think we're gonna get a lot of red zone touchdowns from the Packers, and people are gonna kind of like lose their minds a little bit. But that's just the way life works in the NFL. If you if you're working a red zone yeah. period, a lot of touchdowns, you know. Um, and it makes it hard on the defense, but when you're throwing the ball, they're going to score. So, right. I I would warn people: don't get caught up in the numbers, but watching the way that he's able to shut down guys like these and the way he's able to be physical with them, I think that's going to be big for his development. Because we saw it was it was a wake up call, first play of the game last week. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this is what the NFL is like, and and he adjusted quickly and he and he played well. So seeing that again throughout practice and then into a game situation. Is going to be big for him. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And, you know, someone was asking in the chat, you know, what is it going to look like? Is Gonzalez going to be, you know, CB1? I think he is CB1. I think Gonzalez is cornerback one. Um, I'd be surprised if he wasn't. And I think, you know, Jack Jones, this whole Jack Jones court case got pushed back uh, about a month, I believe. And, you know, I, I think it probably ends the plea deal. And he sees no jail time, probably doesn't get suspended by the league maybe get suspended for a game or two, but I think he's your cornerback too. And then you see John Jones and Marcus Jones slide into the slot. I think that's how it's going to play out. John Jones, I think has shown the ability last year to play outside a bit as well, but I think Jack Jones is so much better outside than he is inside. And John Jones can give you a little bit of both. So like you play when Jack Jones and John Jones are both in the field. It's so confusing because they're all freaking Jones. When, when Jack and John are both in the field, Jack's outside, John's inside. But then if Jack comes off, well, now John can bump outside and Marcus can go inside, right? So I think that that's how you can play those three where you can kind of bump, you know, John Jones inside and outside. And Marcus Jones can play outside a bit as well. But we saw last year, I mean, T. Higgins is T. Higgins. But we saw last year that he has limitations because he's small, right? And he's not afraid to hit people. And he's not, the tackling isn't an issue. It's just the fact that, he just he isn't big, right? And so you can throw over the top of him where, you know, John Jones isn't much bigger, but he's, you know, three, four inches taller. It makes a big difference, you know, like I mean not four. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but like he's three inches taller, you know what I mean? So it's it's a little bit, you know. Yeah. Well, and it's you look at the schedule too, and I think you're gonna see a variety of corners out there and, and different stuff out there over the first month or so because you're seeing different teams. Like when you play the Eagles. Probably going to be a lot of two receiver stuff, uh, and if that's the case, then it's probably going to be it's crazy to say Christian Gonzalez on AJ Brown week one. Welcome to the NFL rookie, and the other side Jonathan Jones with Devonte Smith. That's probably how you do it. 
and yeah. you definitely and don't want all Jackson. safeties. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it's and then well, safeties. Well, like I don't want Jack Jones on AJ Brown because they're just going to run his way every single time, and AJ Brown's going to toss him around. But yeah. then you go week yeah. two, and it's Miami, and you can put Jonathan Jones and Marcus Jones and Jack Jones. Like you can, he's got speed receivers, uh, and then we'll see what the Jets end up looking like and how they want to do things. So you get three very different offenses in the first three weeks of the season and uh, how they rotate the corners over the next two months really is going to be an interesting story to watch as how, how these guys develop. Yeah. Agreed, man. My favorite, my favorite thing about the last week is how, you know, you, you all remember how pissed I was last year about the whole zappy thing and Mac, you know, and during the, during the bears game, but like, it's just so funny how all of Pat's nation, not the podcast, but the actual people have just taken Bailey Zappi and thrown him in the trash. And now Malik Cunningham is a new shiny toy. And they're like, oh, Zappi socks, trade him and, you know, bench Mac and put Malik Cunningham. I'm like, all right, relax. So we're chilling. It's just like, calm down, you know? So, fandom, but, our overreactions. Fandom is a sickness. And I think people yeah. need to go outside a little more often than they do because, like, relax. You know what I mean? I and I, yeah. I tweeted this in every. Every viewpoint which you could attack the whole Mac Jones getting booed at Gillette Stadium thing, everybody needs to calm down. Like, yeah. it was dumb to boo him. It's dumb to get mad that the quarterback got booed. It's dumb to think Bailey Zappi should be a starting quarterback. It's dumb to think he's not worth being on the roster. Just go outside, touch some grass. That's I know. Middle grounds run. do exist. <laughs> I will say, I will say, I was proven right when I said you're all idiots for wanting Zappi to be a starting quarterback. And they're like, Zappi's so much better. And I'm like, all right, yeah, sure he is. He's freaking terrible. He's not terrible. Let's not get him. He's not terrible. A starting quarterback, a competent yeah. NFL player. One of yeah, these days, nice. one of these hopefully, days hopefully Mac can actually here. be it's happening. We'll see. We'll see. I'm sure. This is it. This is the year. Like, if Mac isn't that guy, then it's like, all right, see you later. So, so we'll see. And we're tanking for Caleb Williams. That's right, baby. Number one overall pick. Something I can get behind. Can, can we find a way to get <laughs> Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Brock Bowers all at the same time? Is that is that doable? Yeah, I think if you if you <laughs> get the number one overall pick right, and then you trade Mac Jones for the number five overall pick, no, no just you would by have the to way, trade your entire roster to the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> for their two first round picks. You probably would just lose just, all. Just your tell games. them. Hey, we got Taquan Thornton. He's fast. You like right. that number yeah. two overall pick for him. Um, but you know, it is it's it's interesting when you look at someone had tweeted out because Trey Lance is getting crapped on all over the place, and someone had tweeted out, you know, what if what if the top three quarterbacks had gone one, two, three, right? What if Lawrence goes one, Fields goes two, and Mac goes three? What happens if that so like the Patriots are sitting at fifteen? Do they trade up for Micah Parsons? Like I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, do they like, do they yeah. stay pat and just like it's just it's so interesting to think about like what happens in that situation if yeah. that doesn't happen. And San Fran, by the oh, way, yeah. is still good. How was San Fran traded all those picks to get Trey Lance who stinks and and they're still good? It's not it's not fair. John Lynch wow. is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Give a fuck. I- He's done stuff. It's so cool. Fields, by the way, I, someone said Fields is not the second best quarterback in, in that draft. Fields was far and away second. I mean, it's not even close. That's the prospect, yeah. It's not even, not even as a prospect no, right Mac now. Mac is not better than Fields. Come on, no, no. Mac Jones is not better than Justin Fields. I'm sorry, I it's feel just like not the people. Case. I don't know what the Justin Fields. 
Justin Fields broke like nine rushing quarterback re- records last year. Yeah. Like all and the ones Lamar the Jackson ball? broke, <laughs> he broke those, and then he also threw the ball and won them multiple games down the stretch. Yeah. Fields he was, was like that one of the worst stinks. qualified passers in the NFL. Yeah. I was so mad when the Bears traded up. I was so mad. We were live. Yeah. You can you can go look up the video. I was so mad when that happened. You saw me, you <laughs> saw me will... melt in my chair. Your soul yeah. left your body. You were very upset. Yeah. I, I'll remember I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm <laughs> I'm broken. I was broken. I'm still I was on the field train that and that's who I wanted them to draft, but I'm still not convinced as if with him as an NFL uh, NFL starter. I'm not Justin Fields is gonna make yet. the Pro Bowl this year, which is gonna be very funny for me. Yeah. Oh, he'll finally match Mac Jones in Pro Bowl appearances. Oh God. I could have made a Pro Bowl that year. If, <laughs> who who did he knock yeah. off? Who was the guy in front of him that 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 left? It was like the guy. You mean the five? No, 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 no. It was the one. Like in... it was like four guys, but then the last guy was like it wasn't Derek Carr. It was someone like Andy worse Dalton. than Derek Carr. I think it was Andy Dalton. Like it was Andy Dalton that got hurt, and then he went in. And you're like, dude, you were behind yeah, Andy Dalton. Funny. That's not good. It was it was funny. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. So yeah, no, I do I do say the Trey Lance stuff. Between high school, college, and the NFL, he has less passes passes attempted than like Geno Smith had all of last season. This dude has like barely thrown a football, which is like I don't know. It's if we if we run it back and the Pats are there at fifteen and Trey Lance is there, I think things probably go better for him if he comes to New England and like either starts right away or plays half a season as a rookie than they have in San Fran. If he just plays more in New England, I think he's better. Probably be good. But it would he's also not healthy. Than... I don't know. I don't even want to. I don't even the, want to the discuss. Dude, the dude's played Thank no God. football. I'm not surprised he isn't good. Thank God they didn't trade draft uh, draft Trey Lance. That's all I can say. Thank you, San Fran, for moving all the way up and drafting. Uh, appreciate that. So, all right. Um, do we have anything else? Oh, the the kickers. That's what I want. That's what we want to talk about really quick before we leave. Kickers, because special teams podcast. Come on, bro. Uh, old man mm-hmm. mob, I believe it was old man mob asked if uh, if that New England could possibly trade Nick Folk. The Dallas Cowboys are in need of a kicker. They signed some USFL guy who was like 29 years old um, and has never played in the NFL before. They had a guy competing with him. They cut him this week. So you know maybe Dallas is in is in the market for for Nick Folk to to come home to Dallas. Um, you know, maybe there are other teams. I I just don't see them trading a kicker. I just feel like Nick Folk probably gets cut and doesn't get signed by anyone, and then ends up at the practice squad. Similar to what happened with Quinn Nordeen when he yeah. was a rookie, but I think that unlike Quinn Nordeen, Chad Rowland can actually stay on the team. To trade a kicker in training camp, you need multiple teams who need a kicker, and I don't right. know if there are because the Cowboys will just say, "Okay, you're going to cut one of them. We'll just sign whoever you cut." <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's, well, this you're is my keep thing. Two. <laughs> right. But would they? We've seen the pads do weird stuff, and they're not going to continue. It makes absolutely it, no sense. You, you put all the capital, a... you put so much capital into that punter and kicker. There's no world in which neither one makes the team, yeah. or, or which they both make the team and you keep Nick Folk and waste a roster spot. You... Yeah, it's we've seen them do weird stuff with the kicker spot before, and I only mention it because they might see this as a situation where Chad Ryland does kickoffs and long field goals, and Folk does everything. 40 yards and in or 35 yards and in or whatever. That'd be wild. Bill Belichick does weird stuff. And the other thing is, depending on, you know, what situations are elsewhere, I would be shocked if they try to stick Nick Folk on the practice squad and just keep him in the building in case things go wrong with Ryland or they want to promote him on a, on a game day. 
I think that's much more likely than keeping him on that. Yeah. Up. Yeah. And yeah. if that, if that's their plan, then the the Cowboys might need to come in and say, Hey, we'll send a seventh for Nick folk just so we don't have to go through a hassle and we can get him in the building now. But right. there, there's also the practice squad. You can sign anybody off any practice squad. So you're not really. That's, that's so they can get him in the building now and get him working. If that's right. what right. they're looking to do instead of waiting until week yeah, one. Kicker. You don't need to know anything. Just kick the freaking football. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to get right. a guy in a building, just sign him and he'll kick the, We've seen guys well, sign on Sunday morning and kick that day. Like it's. Right. Oh yeah, but you also you want to build the repertoire with the uh, the holder and everything. But I also think too. I think it depends on how Dallas feels about the kid that they have, right? Do they do they trust that that kid is going to be good, or do they not? Right? Do they think, hey, do they think, all right, well, let's see if we bring someone else in to compete against them. But again, why are you trading a draft pick for a kicker? Like that's, you know, 47 years old and can't hit from 45. Like, what are we doing? You know, like just sign some bum off the street and have him compete with that guy. You know, it's just like, I'd be surprised if they traded Nick Folk. I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the, on, on the practice squad because I think if they cut him, no one's really going to sign him. I I don't know, but I I just don't think that that's going to be the case. So I think it will work out for the Patriots. They'll keep Nick Folk on the practice squad just in case he's around. He can work through stuff, you know, with, um, with Ryland and kind of go from there. I, I I think that that's that's probably where where you're gonna go from here because you traded up in the fourth round for Chad Ryland. Like you're keeping Chad Ryland. That's happening. So like oh he's, you know he's on the roster. Yeah. Right, right. So and there are other guys. You know Trey Flowers. People mentioned like I don't know if Trey Flowers is gonna make the roster or not, but there's enough guys on the team that you're like I don't. I, there's too many guys that I can't cut. And I'm going to keep Nick Folk? Like, no way. No way. So, sorry, Matt, but no, not happening. <laughs> so, Brian Hines. Brian Hines brought it up earlier in a Pat's all right. article. That's why all I right. it. All right, fine. Blame Brian Hines. It's okay. I'll go so, yell at him, too. All right. Um, okay. So, let's uh, – we got, we got this week in sports history, and then we got our trivia question. Um, I was promised so, trivia. Uh, I'd like to do it. Oh yeah! Oh, we're doing. Oh, you, you, you don't. Just, you don't get to do it, Keegan. You're. Uh, we're offering it up to the chat. Yeah. Damn. Well, you yeah. know what though? I think we can make an exception. This is a tough question. All right. We can make an exception. All for right. If, if if Keegan can get it before anybody in the chat does. Well, of course, of course. If someone in the chat gets it, Keegan plays by the same rules everyone else plays by. You know, yeah. hasn't seen the question. I want to make sure. I want to make it known to everyone we who could, hasn't seen the question. And we could. Uh, we could ask him. Last week's question, too, if he hasn't, uh, if he hasn't Ooh, Well, we got to enter that question that. anyway, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, here we go. Before we get, we get this, though. And now for something we think you'll really like. This week in sports history. All right, so there's multiple. Um, I'm going to go I'm gonna go first, though. And, uh, and mine is from 1965. It's actually tomorrow, August 16th, which is my sister-in-law's birthday. Shout out my sister-in-law. Um, 1965, the AFL's ninth franchise is officially awarded to Joe Robbie and Danny Thomas. The Miami Dolphins start to play in the AFL's Eastern Division in 1966. Is that why it was called like Joe Robbie Stadium or whatever? That is why it was called Joe Robbie Stadium. You got it. I didn't know who he was until now. So, yep. I didn't know why that name existed. <laughs> well, there you go. That's why. All right. What do you got? Uh, mine. On this day, uh, August 15th, 1993, so we're going back 30 years. 
uh, Nolan Ryan recorded his 324th and final out against Cleveland. 30 years ago. That's that's yeah. That's scary. He was like 48 at the time too. Oh, know? sorry. <laughs> said final out. Final. Yeah, victory, final win. Final out. Yeah, nah, yeah, I knew what you meant. We knew what you meant. Yeah. Oh, look at the Darpu Gold on August 15th, 1959. Green Bay Packers took the field for the first time under new head coach Vince Lombardi, losing to the Bears in a preseason game at Milwaukee County Stadium. Milwaukee County. It's a good one. It's a good Speaking one. Speaking of Milwaukee County Stadium. That week, uh, Hank Aaron hit a home run at Milwaukee County probably. Stadium. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, most likely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you call the, the new stadium there? The Brewers have had. Apparently, the Brewers are looking at moving. American uh, Stadium or whatever it's called now. Yeah, I went there last year. The stadium is awesome, and they're demanding a new one or they want to move, which I don't get because it's a beautiful, beautiful park. It'll always be Miller Park to me. I mean, come on. Let's get serious. It's got great, it's got great sausages there. The bratwurst's fantastic. Of course. You're in yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, come on now. They move right, up let's, to get, the let's let's go to trivia here. Matt, why don't you read last week's trivia question before we give the answer? We'll let yeah, Keegan try so to Keegan. answer it and uh, and then we'll go from there. We'll see we'll see what he's got. See what he's got. Yeah. So this is a, this was a, a themed question, Keegan. Since they were playing the Texans, which Patriots scored the franchise's first ever touchdown against the Houston Texans? As so the guy who went like, into the end zone with the ball. It would have been 0304 around that time. Super Bowl teams. I don't think Troy Brown. That doesn't feel right. I'm I'm a lock in David Gibbons. It just feels right. <laughs> Great guess. Incorrect, unfortunately. The correct answer was Bethel Johnson. Of course Legend it was Bethel. Right there. Was it yeah. a return? And no, it was, a, it was a receiving touchdown, the rare one for him. But uh, shout out, it was my, my dad got that one right in the chat. I'm pretty sure he got that in as the last thing in the live chat before it we was. ended the show. It he was. It was the last thing. Well, he wrote Johnson, and I was like, and I was like, remember, we have to be specific first and last name. I didn't mention him, but then he was like, Bethel Johnson. And I was like, dude, he got it. Texas Can't believe it. Legend, Bethel so, Johnson. It was great. So, all right, here's, here's this week's uh, question. And again, just a reminder, the first person to get it is going to be entered into a contest and you're going to win something or, well, that we're going to pull a name out of the hat of the people that want it halfway through the year. You're going to win something from the pro shop. End of the year, you're also going to win something from the pro shop as well. Obviously, the new contestants. So, uh, so here's this week's question. Before Marte Mapu was drafted by the New England Patriots this year, please name... The last Sacramento State alumni to play for the Patriots in the 21st century. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to have the chat. Uh, I can, yeah. And we'll throw out here if nobody gets it in the live chat, um, you're, you can comment on YouTube or whatever after the fact. Yes. YouTube, Twitch, anything like that. Um, if, if nobody's gotten it, tweet it any tweet it, Pat or, or myself. Yes, do that too. You have it. I feel like I, so I was there uh, day one of training camp, and Adrian Phillips went on like a ten minute soliloquy about how awesome Marte Mapu was, <laughs> and I I want to say he mentioned he was like, yeah, Sacramento State they put out like two guys, and I he might have said whoever used, and I, they're too much on my brain, but let me I, tell you now, something. If Adrian Phillips called out the dude who played for the Patriots, 
and won a few championships, I would be extremely impressed with Adrian Phillips. So just put it See, to you my that. mind. Yeah. My mind immediately went to like an offensive lineman. Does that is that? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, we're not giving any. Hints we can't here. give. There's no hints here. Hints? Ah, damn. Nope. Yeah. Can but you text me the? I w- I'll I can look it up, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I will say, Pat. Um, uh, I actually totally forgot what I was. Oh, I know. Bill makes them memorize all kinds of random stuff. I wouldn't be shocked if they drafted him and Bill gave them this piece of trivia in a meeting and made them all know it. So I suppose that's a good point. That is a good point. That is a good point. Um, no one's gotten it just yet in the chat. So no, you might be waiting a while. Well, that's. I mean, yeah, you know. All right, listen. Should we give? Maybe we'll give. All right, we're gonna we're gonna give one. Keegan, do you even have Keegan? Have you made a guess yet? No, but I found it, so I'm not gonna make it a guess. Yeah. Okay. So so we're gonna we're gonna give one hint because it's a it's a hard question. Okay. Keegan asked a great question. He said, "Wasn't an offensive lineman?" And my answer to Keegan would have been, "Kind of, kind of, kind of an offensive lineman." Yeah, you know, was never an eligible receiver. We'll put it to you that way. Yeah. There's a very famous, very famous video of this person. It's a very good point. That's a very good point. Very famous video. That was the hint I gave Matt, and he still didn't get it. So you know, so but uh, while while the chat while the chat uh, converses, Keegan, this has been a blast, man. I miss having you on the show. Love seeing your face. It's uh, it's great to it's great to have you on again, sir. And uh, so before you go, you know, let everyone know where they can see you and read you and hear you and find you and everything else. Um. Nesson.com. That's I kind of write my stuff. I'm I don't do a lot of Patriots stuff. We've got two Patriots guys over there, Zach Cox, Dakota Randall. They do a great job. Um, so I'm stuck talking about the my beloved Red Sox and, and Bruins and Celtics. Uh, so if you're looking for kind of middle of the road takes about all four Boston sports teams, I'm your guy. Uh, at Keegan Stiefel on X, formerly known as Twitter, as we have to write it now. Uh, yeah. Shout out to AP Style. Um, but Nesson.com, Keegan Stiefel, you can just Google my name now and all my stuff pops up, which is nice. Love it. So, right in the middle of the screen there. Love it. Big on Google. Love that. Are you still followed by Ariana Grande on X? Uh, unfortunately, she deleted her X account. Oh, oh. But I have the screenshots forever. Love it. There you go. Well, you know what? She deleted it. That's what happened. She said, I don't. I don't want to unfollow Keegan. So instead, I'm going to delete my whole right. damn account. I missed my that. opportunity to slide in the DMs, which is really the the upsetting part of me. Hey, really, dude, when she when she it broke up with Pete, you should just slid in and be like, "Hey, you know, your sorry moment. to sorry that's, to see what happened." And, that's, you know what I mean? Deleted it because the Pete stands were being weird. Oh so uh, yeah, that's why. So maybe before the Pete thing. Yeah, I I should have tried to cuck Pete years ago. It should have yeah. happened years ago. If we're being honest, it should have happened years. Seventeen year old Keegan should have been. <laughs> All in on Ariana Grande. <laughs> Unfortunately. Imagine Ariana gets canceled because she's talking to, she's talking to 17 <laughs> oh my goodness. Steve. She might have been, Jeez, she's not um, that much older than me. She's, that's true. That's a good point. Oh, goodness. Well, uh, anyways, we've. So she she would have been 23. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, not a great look. No. So, but all right. We've gone off the rails. This has been a lot of fun, Keegan. We love having you on the show, man. Thank you so much. Um, looking forward to having you back. Matt's got something to add, though. Well, we're off the rails. One last note. Uh, I believe it was Keishon Booty who confirmed what we were kind of thinking, Pat, yeah, yeah. this week. Yeah. 
uh, the coaches or Bill picked the jersey numbers for everybody, which I think explains why nobody got the jerseys we thought they were gonna get. So I think we're I think we're gonna see a lot of switching for week one. Yeah, he did the same thing last year. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, Christian Gonzalez in nineteen is blasphemy. So um, yeah, yeah. that's just that's terrible. Maybe so, I could get used to it, but I'd like to see him in zero. I think there's a chance that there's no zeros. I think Bill might be out on the number zero. So I, I could see that. See. It would not it's shock certainly, me. It's certainly like possible. Yeah, certainly yeah. possible. But then again, you never know. He might just say whatever the hell you want on a queue. You know, I don't know. Also we'll feels see. like a Bill. So. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, all right. Well, thank you, Keegan. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you to the chat. Blowing up all night as usual. We appreciate you guys. Um, we may not repeat everything you say. But we see everything you say, and I love the chats. And I love how, like, I say this all the time, but I love how people are having conversations in the chat while we're having conversations on the thing. It's great. So, um, oh, yeah. so anyways, so thank you very much. We appreciate everyone, and we'll be back Saturday night after preseason game two for our instant reaction. Take care, guys.